Star to the Left, a podcast and everything fantastic, strange, and science fictional. I'm your host, Matt, with my co-hosts. I'm Bert. I'm Katie. I'm Meredith. This week, we're discussing things. Who has some sweet friend questions? What? <laughs> is this some of your patented comedy? Is that what this is? <laughs> <laughs> this is improv, yes, Andy. <laughs> Well, I, I brought in a listener question last time from uh, Turkey, Turkey Jerky from Albuquerque. So I brought it in. <laughs> yeah. And that was a great, great, Meredith. I appreciate you going to the mailbags and digging around there, finding something. We have a mail room. To, to Honestly, it was, it was a bad question, but the dumb motherfuckers stuck living in Albuquerque. So I figured, you know, he managed to, be, he managed to stop it. smoking meth long enough to be coherent and send in a question. I figured we might as well humor him <laughs> we're in the middle of the absolute worst time of election year possible mm-hmm. everyone for your own sanity enjoy some science fiction yeah uh enjoy some nice escapist science fiction that uh which in no way will be political which in no way will be political uh the thing about johnny mnemonic is that it is in no way relevant no politics in this, this movie oh, the thing i love about um science fiction back in the 80s and 90s is it just wasn't political you know <laughs> no, these days everything's like PC crap, and it's all a commentary all the time. The SJ dubs have ruined everything. So. Yeah, yeah. Let's go back to the the, the mindless mi- like times of you know RoboCop and other Paul Verhoeven which, films. Which is which is so it's so funny to me. I'm actually laughing because the <laughs> the the short story Johnny the short story Johnny Mnemonic on which the movie Johnny Mnemonic, which we will be discussing, is based. Um, within the f- within the first page, Johnny encounters a trans person, uh, like a cyberpunk version of a trans person, right? But like very clearly a trans person. Uh, Johnny, a, a regular trans person, but with circles. Sure, right? yeah. Um, Johnny Mnemonic encounters a trans person, and it's just like, oh, uh huh, mm, neat, and walks by. You know, so like, especially with regards to cyberpunk, because there's been all this fucking shit about cyberpunk twenty twenty seventy or whatever with CD- Keanu. Yeah, that CD Projekt Red is doing, and everybody's like, oh, you can... And, like, I think... They let you choose from, like, five genders. They let you choose genders or whatever. Or, like, CD Projekt Red said, like, I'm an attack helicopter on their thing. Like, William Gibson (laughs) has been explicitly, like, at least conscious of and, and, and friendly toward the idea of someone doing this. And I'm trying to remember the exact thing is that, like, Johnny's just going into a bar to meet a person... And there's two, like, Amazonian, like, bound lady bouncers at the front of the bar. And Johnny just thinks to himself, Johnny just thinks to himself, like, you know, I, I like these, I like these broads. I can't even remember which one of them used to be a man. It doesn't really matter. And then he go, you know, he just says that. And then he just goes into the bar. Um, we're doing Johnny Mnemonic, m- m- mnemonic this week. <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny Oh. Is this where we cut in the trailer, Bert? Uh, trailer, here. Good morning. This is your wake-up call. The year is 2021. It is no longer safe to transmit information. Phones, computers, and satellites are all vulnerable. But there is a solution. Your storage capacity? I can carry nearly 80 gigs of data in my head. Input the data into the brain of a human courier, like Johnny Mnemonic. Hit me. How do you fit all that in your head anyway? I had to dump a chunk of long-term memory. You had to dump a chunk of what? My childhood. What are you doing? Making a long-distance phone call. I got the goods, Ralphie. Now I just want to get them out of my head. Now, in a future... You locked on him. ...where those who control the information control the world. 
I've been charged with recovering the head of the mnemonic courier. Everyone wants what is stored in Johnny's head. Double cheese anchovies? Charlie! Are you waiting for me, Ralphie? I cannot even imagine the trailer of this movie. Well, let me look it up Jesus really quick. Christ. Fucking I don't remember the trailer for this movie, I think. I'm sure it's just like in the year 2028 or whatever. I don't know what fucking year. Was it 2021? Whatever. <laughs> Setting the internet. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, I knew I was in for some shit when we did the whole, we did the whole like a uh, cyber crawl. And then like, we're in, you know, the lawnmower man. And then it says the internet. That's, that's where we are. Like, oh yeah. Okay. Baby. I'm ready. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah, this is, it's an amazing film, and so just to to let listeners know, this was one of my recommendations, and to also let listeners know that I am going to be incredibly biased in this. Like, there are some things, like there there's some problematic things I'm going to overlook because I'm a big William Gibson head. Um, the 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 Sprawl trilogy and the Burning Chrome short story collection are some of my favorite books of all time. I think that I think that. These four pieces of literature by William Gibson are incredibly timely and relevant, especially now. And the, it's, it's a charming, it's a charming little movie that falls flat in some ways. I tried reading Neuromancer once, and it was too hard, as in hard sci-fi. Like it was all like the the guy used his data chip to access the the black ice mainframe so he could hack it. I'm like, I don't know what I'm reading, but sure. So what you're saying is that if I started a second start of the left uh, Shadow Run game, you wouldn't be interested Campaign. in playing, yeah? Um, it depends how much I, we could play Android Netrunner. <laughs> I guess no, it's basically the same thing. So I thought this movie was genius. I fucking loved it. It's so good. It's so good. I don't I think, think it... any of us are gonna hate this one. I'm gonna well, tell you right now. I... I there's just so many parts Matt about this movie that I'm just like this is great like even when it's super cheesy like I'm still oh, like yeah. this is this is fucking amazing so like every part I can feel this I, coming this is gonna be a repeat of Tammy and the T Rex I can feel it where Matt's the, no 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 okay I wanna I wanna tell you all about a movie I saw this week it's about a it's about a dystopian future where a pandemic is spreading corporations control everything about the lives of the people involved. The, the the only possible hope that we have is to break the control of this massive, uh, you know, the rich people's control over our lives. And along the way, you know, this the main people involved um, struggle and, and you know, um, really have nothing to, to save themselves with. And actually, that's reality. Every fucking day, this fucking goddamn world. I hate how pressing this movie is. Sounds like you played Deus Ex to me. That's what that's. Uh. <laughs> to be fair, I feel like that could be extrapolated to any dystopian movie we've watched. Yeah, today, so. I will say, like, you could definitely watch this and be like, "Oh, it's like the coronavirus." Oh, it's like that. Well, that was that was the joke. I was. I know. For. I'm I've successfully. No, I mean, I got the joke. I'm just saying, like, you can definitely do that, but also, like, this movie has has a. A shark with a satellite dish on its head. Uh, it's a dolphin. dolphin. It's a dolphin. I'm sorry. You're right. And I made them a big wait, mistake. It... It's a mammal, Jesus as Christ they you? let you know. Hey, it's a mammal. Uh, no, this movie, that part was the best part because it's definitely a hard nod to the dolphin LSD hand job uh, science experiments <laughs> that the government funded. Yeah. I'm sure well, it's in William Gibson's script. Or, or uh, no, the, yeah. the, that's one of the things that was from the short story. The doll, there, Hell yeah. There are some things that they changed. Um, I I would say they changed Molly Millions a little bit, which is a little bit of a bummer. They changed her name and how much of a focus she is, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, and there's a lot of, like, bleed over, right? Because I've read the story so many times. There's just, in my brain, a lot of bleed over between the story and the movie. So, like... I don't right. like. I don't necessarily remember how they changed her name because every time I see her, I just think, "Oh, it's Molly Millions." But the dolphin is one of the things that's like, "Oh yeah, that's, it's that's, incredible." That's, <laughs> yeah, it's and that's the thing is that Gibson Gibson does what I would think of as hard sci-fi. Yes, but whereas yeah. most what I think of as most hard sci-fi is kind of like bleh, like boring and like nerd shit. Like Gibson does yeah. hard sci-fi, and then he's like, and then I used my my data jack with such and such gigaflops of boobaloop 
to download <laughs> to download a dolphin's brain and teleport it to the fucking moon. Like- it's like yeah, it's like he's he starts out from the the I've got thirty two gigawatts of blah 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 in my in my hard receptors, and then it's like he just goes full surreal. It's like ha, ah, but yes, also um, there's a guy who and also- has a crucifix Bowie knife. <laughs> And also, in, in case you were wondering, uh, William Gibson has reported that in the lead-up to writing a lot of his, like, seminal cyberpunk work, he did, in fact, do a shit ton of psychedelics. So, <laughs> That's cause I know be this expected is, from this, yeah. I think we've talked about this a couple of times with regards to movies, so just to preemptively answer Matt's question, yes, at some point in the genesis of this story, tremendous amounts of... LSD and I, there was involved. no doubt. I did not. There was, no point was I ever going to ask that question. <laughs> well, listeners at home, there were drugs involved. I, absolutely. I just don't like cyberpunk. That's my thing. I just think I just, I'm like meh. Cyberpunk doesn't. You don't do like Blade Runner. You don't like. Uh, I don't like. I don't like Robocop. Yeah, Robocop is pretty cyberpunk. Uh, I'm trying to think of. I mean, it's cyberpunk. Sure. Um, you don't like. You don't like go. You don't like Ghost in the Shell. You don't like Akira. Yeah, not especially. Mm. What the fuck? Wow, it's gonna be hard to be so wrong. What the fuck? <laughs> Here's you know, the thing. I, I, I bear this cross. Uh, <laughs> Your Bowie knife cross. I, I just, I, I understand actually because so much of cyberpunk that had the appeal was the aesthetics. Yeah, for me, it so. it has. Is this a campy movie? Is this campy? Yeah. I, I, oh yeah. Here's, I gotta say what I love. I love Dina Meyer a fuckload. Like, she is the absolute shit. I love her in this. I love her in Starship Troopers. I love her in whatever she's been in. Like, she is my, like, B-movie working actress, like, kicking ass all the time. She's a Mia Jovovich of the 90s. Um, I love Dolph Lundgren in this Ooh, movie. Dolph, Lund- yes. Dolph Lundgren. Such, P-H- Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Dr. Lundgren. PhD. <laughs> I didn't even know it was him. It's easy. Like, oh it's easy God. to forget. He was a workhorse of eighties yeah. and nineties, of eighties and nineties uh, genre films. But we need to respect the man. Doctor Lundgren oh. came to <laughs> yeah, Hollywood I, to work. He is awesome in this. Uh, stupid cyberpunk Jesus. Uh, I'm in on that. And I mean, like the concept of the dolphins fun. with the acting. The thing is, is like I was, I went into this like this has like fourteen percent, and it's it's on Rotten Tomatoes, and everybody always talks about how how ridiculous and and terrible this movie was at the time, and like the acting, really all of the acting is pretty damn good, mm-hmm. except for Keanu. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. he is so he's a block of wood, and he has his big speech, and it's like, oh man. At the end, he's like has that big stupid smile on his face oh. after like the pharmacop buildings explode. He's just kind of <laughs> dumbly, just like yeah. His speech is is just it's you have to see it to believe it. It's it's like it's, I, I can't even. I mean, it's not as bad as his performance in Dracula. That's absolutely true, but it's it's very close. Oh, <clears throat> let's throw it out for a second here. Oh, Whoa, sure. hold on, I'm gonna put Aqua. He's gonna defend my... Dracula. That man. Is a perfect dead fish for the character of Jonathan Harker. He's still bad. Jonathan man. Harker should be the most boring man alive. Agree, but he's agree. a surfer, bro. It but doesn't... he shouldn't have brain damage. Jonathan, <laughs> exactly. Jonathan Harker was not shaken as a child. Yes, he he, he was the stupidest man alive. He goes to Dracula's well, castle. Eng- like, no, where's some weird shits going no, no, down no. here? Jonathan okay. Harker is English. He was invited into a man's <laughs> home, and he was not going to be rude about customs that he assumed <laughs> were just what Slavs were like. Hold on, what? You don't believe I'm English? When I talk like this, he does that in this movie the whole time. It's like, oh man, he's, he's just, he's bad, but like everybody else is so good. And you have Ice T and Henry Rollins. Ice T and Henry Rollins. They're both pretty goddamn good. Like, honestly. Why wasn't Henry Rollins acting more? I mean, he did his spoken word shows, I guess. He did a bunch of acting around this time, I feel like, but he's, I mean, it's a little awkward, but he's, he's, pretty he has pretty bad lines but he's good yeah um he elevated the material fucking udo kier udo kier shows up like also listen as somebody who's i would say maybe the biggest weeb in the room um who else knows who beat takeshi 
is. Yeah, um, he's big in Japan. I know oh, that. He like is they, they huge. Yeah, yeah. They made this. They they brought this to Japan, and um, he has like way he not way more scenes, but he has more scenes because it's like we need to get this guy more screen time. Yeah, if we're gonna sell this in Japan for the for the listeners who may not have seen uh, Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, Beat Takeshi plays, uh, Beat Takeshi plays, God, what was the name of the executive? It's like Takahashi. He plays Takahashi. He's the head of a, like a, like a farm, like a farm, a pharmaceutical conglomerate. He's the head of the, uh, uh, Yakuza. He's the front of Yakuza. Oh, he's the head of the Yakuza. Right. Um. Right. He's the head of the Yakuza. And the thing is. I love him in this movie. Yeah, but, and, oh, he's, he's just like, he exudes menace. And you have to understand that he's so perfect for this role because in Japanese film and in Japanese counterculture he is himself the same kind of like weird gonzo confrontational figure as Gibson like uh in the eight, in the late 80s he was not a big fan of the idea of computerized gaming so he literally like commissioned a game called i think like T- Takeshi's Challenge I think I've heard of that. Yeah, and it's an awful game, and it's horrible. It's called Takeshi's Challenge, and it's awful and horrible and nearly impossible to beat, and everything about it is unfriendly and, like, difficult to play. And the whole point is, like, you stupid fucking nerds, you'll even play this. Shut up. You'll even play this game about (laughs) wasting your life. And so, like... I don't know, it's just, there's so much charm. I'd like to talk about the plot to Johnny Mnemonic real quick. (laughs) Yeah. Sure, let's go ahead. So, uh, Keanu Reeves is Johnny Five Aces, uh, (laughs) slash Agent Smith, and, um, he's like a hacker guy. Okay, he's a walking USB drive. He's a courier. Yes. And they put, so, he does a job, and they put uh, a single JPEG of the Flash and it's 320 gigabytes large. <laughs> they put it in his brain. And, no, he, um, he, it's extremely his, high his implant can normally His implant can normally hold a whopping 80 gigabytes. Whoa. Right, but he doubled. He got a doubler. But he, so. he, he, gives himself, he gives himself what is effectively progressive brain damage to double it right. to a Titanic 160 gigabytes for this job that will, in true pulp fashion, it's one more score one final score and then he's out. out the amount of pirated music that i have downloaded as a teenager far exceeds oh, the course. wildest dreams of keanu reeves in this movie um yeah so okay um so right so he gets progressive brain damage while the movie goes on so he, he forgets his childhood um and mainly the memory about how he had a birthday cake given to him on a lawn um, <laughs> that he was supposed to eat on the grass. Anyway, so um, it's and a lot also of... that his mom was the creator of pharma, Pharmacon. Pharmacon, right? So Pharmacon is the big pharmaceutical company, and there's a disease, plague, virus thing that everybody has called black ice, like a memetic, it's like a, yeah, like a memetic virus. It makes you shake around, and it's and Deus Ex ripped it off, and um, of course, Keanu Reeves has in his brain the cure that Pharmacon was making and the Yakuza and Pharmacon are fighting over it because they want to be the only ones to have it. That's crazy. That's that's come yeah. on. Are you telling me are you telling me <laughs> in that, this day and age? Uh, in this are you it's just it it beggars belief that a That is a bit like a that a corporation would come up with a cure for a disease that's devastating society and then hold on to it so that they could, instead of distributing it freely, exclusively make it available to the super rich for a tremendous amount of money. It's yes. There's a lot in this movie that required... And this is why I don't like cyberpunk. It's just so unrealistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Molly Millions, uh, what is her name in the K? K- it's K- Jane. Jane, sorry. Jane is like a bodyguard with implants and black ice, and she helps him get from point A to point B through J. She's, a, she's like a she's like an up companion. she's like an up and comer. She's trying to prove herself, but nobody wants to give her a chance. She's hungry. I'm not sure what came first: the black ice symptoms in this movie that relate from NAS, uh, or the black ice scent. Of the little pine trees that you can put in your car. Mm. 
It's a good question. Well, the black ice is a reference to intrusion countermeasures, um, which is a hacking thing. Um, yeah. And and now, listeners, Meredith doesn't have glasses, but I'm pushing them up <laughs> for her right now. Black and black black ice is a pun. The first time I ever encountered it, it was in the RPG Cyberpunk. Um, on which the CD Projekt Red video game will be based. The RPG came out in the late 80s and influenced a lot of like cyberpunk aesthetics that happened oh, after that. I know that game. And Black Ice is a pun. Basically, mm-hmm. it, there's regular intrusion countermeasures, which are ice, and then there's Black Ice, which if you encounter, it'll fucking kill you. So regular mm-hmm. ice will just, in you know, if you're in the cyberpunk version of the internet, which is like actual virtual reality, I intrusion countermeasures will reject you and like trace your location black ice will do like biofeedback that fucking kills you and so black that key ice... and peel sketch is about hacking that's what yeah. it's about so yeah, yeah um anyway so they go from point a to point j um henry rollins and uh is spider he's a medic for hire type guy trying to fix everything ice t is j bone who runs heaven he has the amazing line I'm J Bone. I run heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, and they're like a group of, uh, like, if they were in Fallout, they would be like the good raiders. There's like a, they would be like a faction of good raiders that you can get cred with. They're like street toughs and punks, but they're like working for a good cause. You know, they're not. They're depicted. Yes. They're depicted by the man as a bunch of psychos, and they're like. Yes. And they're and they're specifically in this movie they're like luddites. They hate technology. They use like crossbows and shit. Yeah, there's a lot there's a sus- suspicious lack of guns in this. They're in this movie but they're very like sparse. It's like once in a while there's a gun, but there's a lot of stabbing implements. And uh oh, right. So there is a cavalcade of bad guys. Well, b- before we get into this, yes. I want to shout out uh Dina Meyer apparently wearing Chain link. Oh hell yeah, chain top, mail. Yeah, without a bra for the entire movie. Hell yeah, that's bravery. There's a lot of great costumes in this movie. <laughs> like there's you have you have Cyber Jesus. You have which like, you didn't even touch on Dolph Lundgren. I think he gets hired by the Yakuza to. I was getting to the cavalcade of of bad guys. There's so there's a Yakuza guy who works for Ta- Takahashi as the head of the Yakuza. He's very quiet, and I guess his kid died. And um, of black ice, right? Right. There's the underling of him for the Yakuza who has a laser garrote. He, he, has, he has monofilament Garot. wire. It's, uh, he has what is effectively a, a garrote. He has effectively a garrote that is one atom thick. So it can just cut through anything. Um, it rules. Yeah. Uh, um, there is, there's Baldy and a guy with a cowboy hat. Who are trying to kill him? They work for the Kuza, and then there is Dolph Lundgren. Um, he has a name in this. Carl. Carl. Mark. It's just Carl. No, there's a name. It's like H. Sorry. No, it's like it's. He also goes by Street Preacher. Um, Carl Honig. Big and the prim- the Carl premise Honig. of him is that he has. So in a society where lots of people have modified themselves a little bit, Johnny has his little implant. Molly Mil- uh, Molly has, like, um, she basically has, like, razors under her fingernails that she can pop out and fuck people up. Everybody's yep. got some level of, like, cybernetic implants. The deal with the street preacher is that he has, he's a fucking Frankenstein. He is, to quote Obi-Wan Kenobi, more machine now than man, right? He's, like, addicted yeah. to cybernetic modification. He is... And he has a crucifix that has a Bowie knife on the bottom, and he rules. Um, Not in the story. He is not in the short story. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know what happens. Really, the the big gist of this, though, is everything in it is kind of incredibly entertaining in the weirdest way, in the the way that only cyberpunk does, except for the main character. Yeah. He is so boring. He's just driftwood. Jonathan Harker. That is... is (laughs) Also true in the short story, and I will say that if you if you watch this movie, which everyone listening should, and you come away from this with the same impression, which is like everything about this movie rules, but except the main character is kind of a dollop of tapioca. William Gibson agreed, and the main character of Neuromancer, uh, by the name of Case, is where Johnny is kind of kind of a blank slate. Case is a fucking drug-addled dirtbag. 
It is a drug-addled dirtbag and a moron and a fucking goofball in all the best ways. So you should really move on to read the books. So so I guess the issue that, that we're making here to get real meta Uh-oh. is that you're saying that the main character is an empty vessel. A He's a football. That does what, an empty vessel a that, USB just has, stick. that does nothing except move around, much like the character, Johnny Demonic, who has nothing just kind of moves around. Well, don't get me wrong. He does. He does scream about how he wants twenty thousand dollar hookers and room service. I want room service. He says very loudly <laughs> on a giant pile of dirt. That was like a cyberpunk version of like the speech from like Network. <laughs> oh, I felt like it was like the Devil's Advocate monologue. I mean, looked at like, from the looked at from the right perspective, he is because which we are we are second star. We're second star. We're not second star of the right. Second star of the left, baby. I would say that to a certain extent, a lot of what good leftist cyberpunk proposes is in fact that late capitalism, especially late capitalism in the information age, has changed the game. And where, and where I would say that like Marx and generally early 20th century communism looked at the lumpen proletariat and saw a, uh, looked at the lumpen proletariat and saw a, an impediment to revolution. Um, that in late capitalism in the information age, the lumpen proletariat is one of the most potent vectors for revolution. Because in a world where so, so much of people's lives has been kind of confined by corporate structures and information structures and social media and everything, kind of the only people who have the freedom to enact these changes combined with the desperation to want to are the criminals and black marketeers and thugs and prostitutes who exist on the fringes of society. And Johnny is, a, you know, a stand-in for those. I really wish this was just the Molly Million story. You should read Maybe Mona Lisa Overdrive. Football. I should read well, it. Well, I mean, like, she has stakes. That's the thing. Yes. Is like, well, Johnny want... does, but you don't care. It's not, it's not meaningful stakes. Right. It's not the same way. Like, her life is threatened by... The, the NAS syndrome, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like he is like, I just want to get my memories back. I want to be a real but boy. Not, but kind of, but not really. Like, like, like a, he wants room a service. search for authenticity and like who he is as a person is not super compelling when we're not invested in him as the person. He just does a lot of whining in the movie and hurting. And it's kind of like, yeah, bro. I mean, I like, I like him hurting. I like, I like seeing some okay. of pain. <laughs> wow. Katie, do you like seeing Keanu Reeves in pain? Who doesn't? <laughs> I mean, um, like, you know, as someone who probably has, like, more closer to Dom tendencies, I mean, absolutely. Ay, ay, so. Crushing Keanu Reeves' balls. Digitally. Digitally. Digitally, yes. It's important to... Digitally do it. He has to go into the mainframe and turn into the Slim Jim man. It's actually, like, just... It's really appropriate considering that NAS and, like, all this stuff is just basically being too online. So he's basically (laughs) hurting. He's He's basically like he's got. He's basically brain poisoned by too many bad, like stupid Twitter jokes and memes. Which Johnny Mnemonic go on chat? Oh, it's terrible. As someone, as someone, as someone who has lost approximately forty followers from turbo posting that Liz Warren should (laughs) should log off in the last forty eight hours, I relate. (laughs) So. Causing him pain through through like basically oversharing spicy takes um, <laughs> is extremely on brand for me. So I like that he's walking down like the subway tunnel or whatever, and all the flashes he's getting are like somebody he followed ac- actually posts like war porn on the timeline. He's just oh, like, no. oh my god, <laughs> Amy Klobuchar. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question. Oh. Who 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 on this call is ever going to be? So I think. Tell me if I'm wrong here. This, is, this feels like a trap. I'm just going to point this out. Uh, so this I am. Like it's Black Ice. Coming. Yes, I am that. Um, <laughs> I, oh, my God. Ah, you, uh, you're not allowed to laugh. Um, I feel like... So I feel like, based on the milieu that we all came up in, um, when when any of us sees Goatsy, we probably feel anywhere from <laughs> neutral to, oh, it's Goatsy, neat. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a warm blanket. How long, it's a nostalgia. It's comforting. How, yeah, how long do you think it will be before the Amy Klobuchar Vore comic makes us not feel the <laughs> symptoms of black ice 
and makes us just feel like, oh, oh, hey, Amy. Yeah, like yeah. Like a month. Get her. Um, I'll look back on it fondly probably in May, but by May, like... I'll be absolutely broken by this. Exactly. By it'll, be, it'll be it'll so. be like a nice memory of the like, oh remember Amy yeah, Klobuchar? That was so charming. Yeah. yeah it's charming like how she months. eats a baby and yeah, eight months. Yeah. I do want to say that I also appreciate the overall aesthetic of the film. Like if you want to take a nice trip back into the nineties, y'all, and think about what we thought the internet would look like, this movie like perfectly encapsulates countless like TV shows. And imagines about the internet, what that would look like, how people would engage with each other on it. A lot it. of it's pretty it's correct, all, though. Mm, I think this what it gets correct is like the social interactions. Yeah, it's the presentation, like it's very dated. The weird thing is, I feel like if you watched this like ten years ago, you'd be like, "Oh, well, none of that ever happened," and who the fuck thought that was going to happen? And now that you watch it, you're like, "Oh, wait, kind of." Like, um, there's an amazing thing where he he like has blood comes out of, come out of his nose in the in the um sink. And then he turns the sink on and it says, like, water temperature is 72 degrees. And I'm like, oh, the sink just unprompted tells you what temperature the water is. Will the, the toilet is, talk to you, too? But the thing is, we live in a time where that shit totally would happen. The toilet does talk exactly. to me. <laughs> and it needs a Wi-Fi connection to fucking flush. I, I don't even need the drugs to talk to you. I'm so. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, he's, I mean, yes, the, the aesthetic of how he does things is very goofy and old. But, like. He has a point where he's doing like VR to get into the internet with his hands. <laughs> and the thing is, all I could think of was like fucking VR chat with like Ugandan knuckles and shit. Like, like that's it technically happens these days. It's just not in the sense that this well, movie yeah. had planned. Yeah. yeah, it's like with Snow Crash where like, which, which sucks, honestly, if we're, if we're being honest, mm-hmm. uh, Snow Crash isn't good because I was going right. to at some point bring up. You know, if you're maybe not familiar with cyberpunk and you watch this movie or you hear us talking about this and you're like, wow, I've only ever fucking, I've only ever seen The Matrix. What's up with the cyberpunk stuff? I was going to give some recommendations. Uh, one of the recommendations I would give is don't watch Snow Crash. Uh, don't read Snow Crash. It's dumb. And also, fuck, I was pretty drunk when I watched this movie because it was super, because it was super, <laughs> it was super Tuesday. That's a bad combo. It was Super Tuesday, but remind me, the because there's an AI who helps them at the end, and I just put the pieces together. Yes. That was, Takahashi's daughter was, the, it was like an imprint of her, yes? No, it's Johnny's no. mom. Johnny's mom. It's Johnny's mom. Yes, okay. Was she related to Takahashi at all? Hmm. No. Was she like the head of Pharmacon or she something? She was the head of Pharmacon. I said that earlier. You said it earlier. You said it earlier. I didn't hear you. Sorry. Yeah, it. She's she's Johnny's mom. She's the head of Pharmacom. She yeah. is the head of Pharmacom. Okay. Well, that was the part. I know you said it, but like that was the part I didn't put together in the movie. I put together she's his mom, but like she's talking to like Takahashi. I'm like, why? So she must be related to Pharmacom somehow. And then it's kind of just there's so much shit happening at the end of this movie. He sees his birthday cake on in a field. Yeah. The end of this movie is absolute. I mean, the whole thing is batshit, but the ending is like over the top. He hacks into the mainframe and has a lawnmower man segment where he looks like the Slim Jim man. Um, uh, wasn't he hacking himself though? He's hacking himself, yes. But you know what I mean is well, like, and the reason he ha- the reason he has to yeah. is because when they imprinted the data into his brain, they right. had to set three mnemonic triggers, which is why it's Johnny mnemonic, because right. the the whole premise is. He's useless as a courier if he can access the information because then he could just be a corporate spy and he could send the information out to wherever. And so they lock it, they encrypt it in his brain and they give him, they give him a sequence of mnemonic triggers and the triggers that they use are images from a television that's playing in the hotel room when they upload the data. And the Yakuza attack in the middle of them like faxing, which is funny, um, in the middle of them <laughs> faxing the mnemonic triggers to the recipient. Okay, so the Yakuza attack, and they're just nameless Yakuza members, but, like, one of them gets like, accidentally blown up by a dropping car that's on fire, and then the other one goes like, Brody! You motherfuckers! And shoots, like, a round of, like, who's Brody? Whoa! This... (laughs) It's like, what would actually happen? But, like, you're like, I don't know these people. And then Carl Honig shows up, Jesus man and the Jones the dolphin immolates him to death. <laughs> you watch a dolphin immolate Dolph uh, Jesus Dolph Lundgren. Actually really quick, 
Uh, Katie, yes. could you tell us some more about the Navy or CIA experiments <laughs> on which the character of Jones the Jones the Cyber Dolphin is based? Oh yeah. boy, would I? Because I just I love when shit seems that sounds like you're just making it up is like absolutely one hundred percent Sam K Ultra thing or something. It is. It oh is. Oh my god. Um, it's kind of like that where they were trying to hone in on basically like. Uh, dolphin communication. Um, they're like, okay, we think that dolphins are communicating. We just need to figure out like how we're going to do it. Um, so we can train them to deliver bombs, right? Was that- yeah, yeah. It was all like, well, it was the military, or like I can't remember if it was like the military or NASA funding them. I think it was. It was- I'm pretty sure it was military. And I think stuff. it was a Castro assassination attempt. No, they were. <laughs> I mean, like honestly, dolphins. So I think like the head researcher at one point did do a bunch of LSD um, and. <laughs> The one of the researchers who was closely bonded to one of the uh, like her subject was the male dolphin. The male dolphin kept. Oh no, I've read this story. Yeah, the male dolphin kept getting horny. Oh, I have heard this story. Oh my god. Yeah, so like she would like literally just jerk off this dolphin (laughs) while the PI of this research did LSD, and the the government fucking funded it. But yeah, John McAfee's the asshole. For fu- John, John McAfee's the asshole for fucking a whale. But the government's out here. <laughs> the government's out here jacking off dolphins, and nobody gives them shit. Just the one dolphin repeatedly. <laughs> the important point is, like all the information we learned from this research, though. You yeah. know, <laughs> what did we come away with? Literally, you know. Uh, um, now we know. <laughs> dolphins one- can't kill Fidel Castro. Them up. <laughs> one man, dolphin jizz in the other. You know. But we never would have known if we didn't try. So we yeah. had to try. You know. I have an ethics question. <laughs> After that, I bet you do. I have a whole bunch of. Them. Is it worse to jack off five dolphins one time each, or or, oh or to jack off one dolphin five times? <sighs> um. <laughs> Does the does the one dolphin get breaks? Uh, yeah, and you can also do it. The monarch problem. You can also orient it so you can do like two at once, so you could like make no, it that's more a, efficient. That's going to corrupt the data. Um, <laughs> well, because they're because they're, they're sentient, so they'll feel. You want to eliminate variables? Yeah, first. come on, get your shit together. Group, group sex is emotionally complicated. <laughs> but that's why I don't do politics. Yeah, uh, um, but this is. But I think it's important to pivot into saying. So the plot of this movie is kind of bare bones, you know. It's like there's a there's a there's a key really quick, really quick. There's a Keanu man, and then he goes and he does action things with Molly's help. And yes. like this is the thing about Gibson's writing and cyberpunk generally is if you look at the plot, it's like very bare bones pulp. It's like oh, it's like a thriller or like an action story. I get like a cyber Raymond right. Chandler type. Impression. But the thing is, but the, yeah, exactly. But the 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 magic of cyberpunk and the reason that bad cyberpunk bad not politically conscious cyberpunk falls so flat is that the magic is in the aesthetics and the magic the magic of this movie should be understood to be you can watch this movie and just like it was like without a lot of like stretching veer into like conversations about mk ultra the ethics of having sex with a dolphin what's Dolph Lundgren <laughs> been up to Fucking Henry Ro- Henry Rollins, nice. I mean, tea. like, I if if you're saying that Dolph Lundgren was fucking Henry Rollins, and like, there's like that backstory between those two characters. I totally believe it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But talk shit about talk shit about the movie, Matt. So Matt, you were talking about the ending, which is this was the whole thing I was getting to that was just so incredible. Go ahead. I don't know what movie. It's a. It, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren's corpse starts moving. Right. And you, you it's a close up and like, it starts oh, moving. Oh my god. Oh my god. The cybernetic. He's still it zooms alive. in on their faces for reaction fried. shots. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, it cuts back and he's being lifted. And ice yeah. That ice tea's like, take out the trash. He's just trash. It's fine. It's garbage. <laughs> I was like, you thought there was a stinger ending, but there's not. And then literally, the movie just ends. It's just like, okay, credits. I'm like, what? It's like a little bit of fun. It's Amazing. like a reverse Before Friday the 13th ending. It's like, Amazing. you thought they were coming back. Nope. Amazing. Amazing. It is amazing. Yeah, I would love it if this... I'm not sure if a reboot would work for this movie, 
Oh, because yeah. part of the charm of like is how bad it is, especially all those oh, yeah. Foley fa- sound effects and the fact that they clearly weren't able to get any licensed mu- music except for the one part where Jane is crawling through the air ducts to what sounds yeah. like Nine Inch Nails. It seems like that was they blew their budget on that. Um, so I wouldn't like I would love to. It's all on a set. Well, yeah. Like it's. Like I, I would. Uh, it's all like. I kind of in. would love to see a reboot of this. Like done. Uh, I have. I have exciting news for you. Oh yeah! Oh, oh, I have very fucking exciting news for you. It's not a re- it's not a remake of Johnny Mnemonic, but uh, Tim Miller in 2017 was signed on to direct an adaptation of Neuromancer. So buckle the fuck up! Hell yeah, I'm ready for that. Who? What else has Tim Miller done? Deadpool. Deadpool. Oh, okay. See, for a second, that's I thought like... it was George Miller, and I was about to have a fucking aneurysm of, of excitement. <laughs> uh, but that would be too good, I think. Um, if you were going yeah, to do yeah. a remake of this, that's that's the type of person I would get. I would, I would get somebody who, like, is still kind of tongue-in-cheek about the aesthetic. You don't want it too, like... Too serious. Yeah, like, too, like, oh, well, we can do these effects better now, because... You're you're fucking watching a dolphin with like a a satellite dish on its head. Like it needs to be ridiculous. Well, we we've, we've concluded that like just better graphics rebooting a story does not make it good. Case in point, exactly. Robocop. Um, you need to have the charm and the personality that's there. Right. Um, I think if we could if we could keep that and like yeah, I guess similar would actually be a pretty good. Uh, do that or like someone else who just does like a ton of drugs and doesn't take themselves super <laughs> seriously would also fit but um well, yeah i would love to see like a reimagining of this like even like i don't know like a, a mini series or something i would be happy with probably but um yeah. that's something that's really relevant for me about this was like cuz again i had heard this movie was was balls like it was really bad and i watched i was like this movie's like really i mean i understand like on certain levels of production and acting, it's not good, but like it's so charming and it has so much character. And it's very funny, like bad movies. I feel like bad movies when I was growing up, a lot of them had charm and character. And these days, if a movie's bad, it's just it's like kind of bad. It's just which is painful. I think that's what was like, so exciting about Cats. Was it's, it's the fucking <laughs> it was it sucks, but it sucks in an exciting way. Well, it didn't try to suck, and it ended up. Sucking. Well, you know, cats like... is based off those experiments they did in MK Ultra on all those cats. <laughs> where they jerked off all, the cats all those cats to try to kill. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I think like wasn't. I feel like the times that we live in are different because like Giant Mnemonic back in like the nineties, like it's a thing that you would find at Blockbuster, yes. like the only copy. You find it, you watch it with like your friends, you're like, holy shit, guys, what the fuck is this movie? Whereas like today there's like that cottage industry of shitty movies yeah. like Sharknado, yeah. Sharknado. Yeah, there's 3. Asylum films and stuff like that. Yeah. The Veloc- Velocipaster yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. The Velocipaster, yeah. Um it's all been uh monetized and commodified. Yeah, commodified to where like now bad movies are a business mm-hmm. and um yeah, there's no charm. There's no charm to that kind of st- uh, let me, Sometimes there is, but let you me know. ask y'all a question because yeah. I want to I want to give the readers something to take away from these the listeners from these yeah from these uh, listeners people who normally listen to podcasts um, <laughs> yeah. from these episodes. What is because I feel like cyberpunk is a very messy uh, kind of appropriately cyberpunk is a very messy genre with very fuzzy borders um, that's right. very difficult to define, which is appropriate for. I would say that cyberpunk is the postmodern science fiction genre, right? Right. Um, So what is, what are some pieces of cyberpunk media that you would say, that you would say listeners should check out or should avoid like hot fucking garbage? Katie, I know one of your answers. Oh, I mean, of course, Ghost in the Shell, the anime, not the live action. Um, is, is pretty fucking great. Um, the standalone complex the anime, even, I even really like the, uh, the Arise reboot of it too, but oh. like, you know, um, standalone complex, I think has like one of the better, like for an anime series, like story wise, that's like trying to do cyberpunk. <coughs> it has one of the few, like really compelling story and like political jockeying in the background while also having really great, like technology and like fun action scenes. So definitely for me, I would say for sure, like most of the Ghost in the Shell anime series. I mean, Ghost in the Shell is great. Um, I I really love Tetsuo the Iron Man. 
Um, yes, is, and Japanese and... cyberpunk. There are some people who say that the West ripped off cyberpunk from Japan. There are some people who say that uh, Japanese cyberpunk was inspired by Western cyberpunk. Neither is true. Both uh, sort of scenes kind of came up with vaguely similar aesthetics independently and then very quickly encountered each other and started riffing off of each other. Um, right. So yes. I would say Tetsuo is it's the most punk of a cyberpunk thing I've ever seen. It's 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 like a David Lynch. It, it really feels like an eraser head, but with not even cyber, just industrial metallic body horror craziness. Um, it's it's fantastic. Uh, I would actually also, I am not a big Kojima fan, but I would totally recommend Snatcher, uh, oh. if you can find a Sega CD somewhere. I would um, say, I would say Metal Gear Solid and Metal Gear Solid 2 are also very cyberpunk. Yeah. Two Snatcher is, is, yeah, Snatcher is his ripoff of Blade Runner, but it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, Blade Runner, of course, is great, but you know, those, those have that kind of charm and, and punk aesthetic for me. Matt, I know that you're not a fan of cyberpunk. Matt loves so what cyberpunk. are what are some cyberpunk things I mean, that, what are some cyberpunk things you've seen that you hated? Well, there's a movie from like nineteen ninety five starring Keanu Reeves. No, I think I just don't like dig the So I like Blade Runner for it as an aesthetic experience. Like it I just let the movie kind of like wash over me and just like have these like feelings. It's a it's a film experience. I just generally don't find cyberpunk things compelling i think i'm just more of a star trek dude like i just like my alien <laughs> sure i like my outer space all right i don't like your dystopian futures i mean like i think dystopian futures i just think that like there is uh something that is i like things that sort of um and, and i mean this as i say this as i'm as i'm thinking through this i hear it in my head that this also applies to cyberpunk I like the opportunity that aliens sort of give us as a science fiction concept to reflect back on ourselves, our own existence. Cyberpunk for me is a bit more cerebral. It just doesn't do much for me. Oh, actually, Meredith and I were talking before the cast about video games. And I think that part of my thing with cyberpunk is that I sort of missed a phase. I've never played Metal Gear Solid, any of those games. And I think that like those things are really fundamental in developing an aesthetic that enjoys cyberpunk stuff um, i can see that I, I just never experienced those kinds of games and um no you never played C- like, because like, you were a pc gamer you never played like system shock or system shock 2 nope oh okay. man nope. the minute the lady shows up in this movie i'm like oh that's system shock that's, 2 that's showdown baby that's yeah, showdown so yeah if we're talking my recommendations again i think i think it's safe to say uh that out of all speculative fiction, cyberpunk is far and away my favorite genre. If we're talking games, Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2, System Shock 1 and 2, although I think there are some like mods that or like a remake that came out for System Shock yeah. recently that make it a lot more playable because it has not aged well. If we're talking yeah. Japanese media, manga, and anime, um, Psychopaths is a more recent uh, one. Uh, yeah, from, that looks pretty yeah. good. From Gen Urobuchi, uh, from Gen Urobuchi or Urobutcher, uh, if you like. Um, but it's like it's basically really like it's basically like Minority Report, the anime. Yeah, yeah. It, or or like what if it's it's literally like Gen Urobuchi saying this is the future liberals want, but like the future liberals actually want with like yeah. right um, <laughs> liberals with liberals with a capital L, uh, Bubblegum Crisis. Uh, I would say Blame is. It's hard to place blame on a scale Ugh. of like sci-fi to of like hard sci-fi to cyberpunk. So the the movie Blame is I feel like very visually pleasing. So like mm-hmm. if you if you're like I want all style and I don't care about a completely baffling uh, storyline, I just want to see something mm-hmm. that looks cool. Then like yeah, totally bla- uh, blame the manga, which I'm pretty sure you're referencing, is just completely incoherent. <laughs> Oh, but cool. It's but I will. St- I I I stuck with it long enough to make it coherent, or at least to grapple with like a lot of the like themes and ideas that it was presenting, and mm-hmm. then it goes from being incoherent to being like soul shreddingly, almost like love. Like the concepts that it is presenting are like 
damaging damaging to one's psyche to think about for too long in like a Lovecraftian oh. sense. Oh. Um, Akira, uh, obviously, I I would the movie and the manga offer uh, different and equally valuable things. Um, the Rapture of the Nerds and Down and Out in the Magic Kingdom by Cory Doctorow. Um, Burning Chrome is a short story collection that features Johnny Mnemonic by William Gibson. And then his novels, Neuromancer, Count Zero, and Mona Lisa Overdrive. And uh, Great I, names. But... Yes. Was there someone in the cast that has read the book Vert? I have oh. not read Vert. Is, should I read it? Okay. Uh, it's cyberpunk Yeah. It's pretty is, um, is Roadside Picnic cyberpunk? I... What do you think? I think it is, because there are these yeah. folks that are trying to, like, scavenge high-tech unknown technology and they're kind of like living like shit so i would say by that yeah. that would that would make stalker cyberpunk <laughs> the defining yeah. character. which and means then, which means now cyberpunk this is my mad favorite max thing ever cyberpunk um, no mad max is diesel punk no um it's diesel punk and i would oh, say i would say you should avoid well i mean snow crash is weird and it's neil stephenson stupid yeah um, I don't, I don't think Snow Crash is good, which I only bring up because a lot of people are going to tell you to read it if you want to read Cyberpunk. You should also avoid Altered Carbon because Richard Morgan is a fascist. <laughs> um, and if we're talking, uh, if we're talking role-playing game, I think that Shadowrun 3rd Edition is really, like, the later editions of Shadowrun really, um, kind of got a little bit too modern and a little, like, they introduced, like, yeah. Wi-Fi and stuff. And the first two editions are a little bit too clunky, but Shadowrun 3rd Edition, mm, mm, you've still got to, like, hardwire in to hack and stuff. It's that, mm, it's a perfect balance of that grungy punk 90s aesthetic with, like, playability and everything. And those are all of my cyberpunk recommendations and things you should stay away from. Well, let's talk about uh, where we can find you all on social media. Uh, I, Bert, am at refreshing time, but I'm not right now because of the fucking election um i'm trying did you get time out did you get put in baby baby jail? no i'm just avoiding i don't want to talk about how much i hate liz warren right now i just don't feel like it anymore um but i am at also coriolis music and hopefully i will have some stuff up there soon so and i am at anime weed fart 69 amazing <laughs> amazing <laughs> I, every time you say it, I wish I wore glasses so I could slowly take them off in awe. Um, you need to do it like Alan Grant in Jurassic Park, just like yeah. the fucking they, pull them off. Like, the, anime weed, the anime weed farts really do move in herds. <laughs> um, I, am, I am at Mayor uh, underscore squared on Twitter. I am uh, Frothy Seawitch on Instagram. Probably, probably don't go to my Twitter um, for about a week, though. <laughs> I got a, I got a, oh, woo, I, I'm, you, gr- you got spicy you, today. Uh, your girl missed her anxiety medication and just got real fucking spicy about the election. Um, so just wait about a week or actually wait about a month because then all those tweets will be deleted automatically. <laughs> um, and we can get back to something else. I don't fucking know. Follow me on Twitter at a very big bear. Follow the cast at Second Star Cast. Email us, secondstarcast at gmail.com. I uh, want to say thank you to Bert for our theme song and outro. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. They're taking out the trash. <laughs> just they shut the skeleton. It's just trash. Or like, or like, it's just garbage or something like that. Like, it's just trash. Yeah, it's just garbage. <laughs>